Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today I'm going to preach a very wonderful sermon. This is the kind of sermon that when you listen, you need to take some time and internalize it. You have to listen it once or twice or thrice, it doesn't matter, but it's one of those sermons you need to understand. It's a milestone for you. It's one of those sermons you need to take time to pray through, to pray through until the seed is planted in your spirit. And today I want to talk about dreams. In Job the 33rd chapter, the 14th verse, the Bible says that God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. The Bible says he speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. And he says in a dream and in the vision of a night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, and then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and pride. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God has told us that he has spoken once. Yes, has he spoken twice? Yet man perceiveth it not. So we see a war spiritually for the man to perceive. We see a deliberation for a man to perceive, to understand, because it's possible for God to communicate to somebody, to give somebody a dream or a vision, or send an instruction to a man and a man knoweth not, or understands not that instruction. So God speaks. And then he says, yes, in a dream, at night when men are slumbering in their bed, the Bible says he openeth their ears in the night and sealeth instruction that he might rob man of purpose and pride. So we see that actually God speaks to us through dreams. Remember, man is a spirit with a soul in a body, you know. And so when we are dealing with the realm of the spirit, man, we deal with the purity of vision. When we are dealing with the realm of the soulish man, we deal in the definition of dreams. And when we are dealing in the realm of the physical man, we deal with the understanding, the thinking, the mind of a man. Because dreams are in the soulish realm. And so God has said that he speaks to us through dreams. Now, I need to give a disclaimer before I continue that not all dreams are actually of God. Some dreams are sent or of God, intended by God, and some dreams are actually not of God. In Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, the seventh verse, the Bible says, for in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also diverse vanities. So it's possible for a man to actually have a dream and that dream is not of God or from God. It's by the devil. Or it's in the multitude of activities that that individual has. The wisdom of interpretation is what helps us understand the difference. The Bible says in Jude, the first chapter, the eighth verse, he speaks of men which are filthy dreamers. They are filthy dreamers. The Bible says they defile the flesh, they despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. 
or celestial beings. They are filthy dreamers. Their dreams are not buffed out of the purification of the spirit. They are diverse in deception. They're false. And so not every dream that you dream is of God. Not every dream you dream is from God. We have marriages that are destroyed because somebody had a dream and that dream was not from God. And they cannot own up because they don't even know what comes from God and what does not come from God. We have people who have left their churches because of dreams. They were not supposed to leave those ministries, but they left those ministries because they got a very wrong interpretation of a dream or sometimes even that dream did not come from God. And before we know that, even though they make those decisions to move on, they're not any better. They're actually worse. Why? Because they left the place where God had ordained them from. We have people who have come out of jobs. They were not supposed to come out of people who have canceled businesses. They were not supposed to cancel all in the name of dreams. So it takes so much to understand what these dreams are for and where they're from. Because I have discovered or I have noticed that uh, today in the church, I hear a lot of people who are interpreting dreams, but they're more or less using Mesopotamian and Egyptian wisdom or thought in the interpretation of dreams, but not as the Bible gives us. There's a pattern in how dreams are supposed to be interpreted. Today in the church, I see men who are interpreting dreams like sorcerers, like witch doctors, like the worldly dream interpreters, you know? And yet the Bible has given us very clear principles of how dreams are supposed to be interpreted. Because if you carry no interpretation, if you carry no interpretation, you're in trouble. One, you will not know the meaning of what God is instructing you. Or two, you will not know how to discern whether this is from God or not. Every dream must be interpreted, whether from God or not. Why? Because it helps you know how to pray. It helps you know what to deal with and how to deal. Hallelujah, praise God. And so it's important for me to note that before I go further. But also I need to also note this, that it's divine potency for somebody not only to capture, but to retain a vision from God. We have people who forget dreams. I have prayed with people who forget dreams. One time I met an individual and he came uh, for prayer and he says, Apostle Grace, this will amaze you, but I don't remember any dream in my life ever since I was born. It was an attack in their soul. They had never remembered a dream. And some dreams are very important and deeply instructional. But this individual forgot the dreams always. I don't think that they do not receive them. I only think that they were plucked and taken by the devil. You understand? And that is why when you read scripture and understand the similes that God uses in defining dreams, if you read in Job 20, the eighth verse, he speaks of the wicked, of how he shall flee away as a dream and shall not be found, and he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. Flee away, chased away. That kind of simile. God is giving us an idea that these are things that can actually fly away. These are things that can actually be chased away. Dreams are very frail in the spirit, yet they are deep in the spirit realm. So it's easy for somebody to actually have a dream, and that dream just goes. It's easy for somebody to have a vision in the night and in the morning they don't remember what the Lord instructed them to do. And these are attacks in the spirit. You must be able to capture and retain your dreams such that in the next morning you have a decision to make as of whether you deal with it by casting it out, refusing and saying no to what you've seen in the spirit 
or you receive and take it by force in Jesus' mighty name. So it's possible for somebody to lose a dream. And even tonight, I'm going to pray for those of you who struggle to remember your dreams. Some of you who don't dream or some of you who receive parts. Oh, I dreamed Jesus came and he said words, but I don't remember them. Oh, I dreamt about my man of God and he said, let me teach you this. And when he was opening the scripture, somehow I came out of the dream or somehow something happened and he started speaking, but I don't remember what he was speaking. That is not of God. There's a completion to every instruction that is sent from God. He hasn't sent you pieces. Oh, what was he meaning in the vision? Oh God, what were you telling me in the vision? I'm going to pray with you because it's not supposed to be so. You're supposed to have a full account and then you know how to deal. It's okay if the dream that did not catch was actually of the devil, you know, it's all right sometimes. But most importantly, if that is from God that you receive an instruction. Because as I take you through this journey, I'm going to show you just the things God has done. The Bible is so full of God speaking to men, sending instructions, warning, defining destinies of men through the realm of dreams. We see men, for example, that are one uh, by God from frustrating divine purpose or the way of the Spirit. We've read scriptures before. The Bible speaks of a man called Abimelech in Genesis, the 20th chapter, the third verse. If you remember when Abraham goes to the realm of Abimelech and then he introduces his wife Sarah as his sister and when he introduces her as his sister so Abimelech wants to marry her because she's a beautiful woman and the Bible says in uh, the third verse God came to Abimelech in a dream by the night and said unto him behold thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken she is a man's wife so Abimelech's life was saved. He did not ascribe to the God of Abraham because God does not necessarily need to speak to a born-again believer. God speaks to men which are born again as well as men which are not born again. The only difference is that when you get born again, you understand the pattern of his thought. You understand the ways of his voice. You align yourself deeply to the instruction of the Spirit that you might reconcile the things you see to his mind concerning you and your destiny. That's the difference. We are aligned in the things we see to the bigger picture, the higher calling which is in Christ Jesus. That's the difference. But it speaks to the heathen as it speaks to the Christian. Another example is Laban. You remember the time when Jacob runs away from his household with his family because he feels he has served enough. And the scriptures tell us, that God appeared to Laban in Genesis 31, 24. And he came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by the night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. Again, Laban was not necessarily a believer, but this was a man who was setting himself against divine purpose and the way of the spirit, like Abimelech was. Abimelech was trying to take over another man's wife. Of course, ignorantly, we don't blame him, but God has to come through to save his life. The same it is here with Laban. God sees that if Laban attacks Jacob, he's going to frustrate divine purpose and the bigger picture. He could destroy many things. So he comes to this Syrian who is running after them because they have his gods. And then he says, you know what? Do not say anything good or bad about that fellow. In fact, when he comes later to Jacob, he says, for your God warned me in a dream of the night that I should say nothing good or bad against him. It's the only reason why he would not attack or do him evil. We see an experience in the New Testament of Pontius Pilate's wife. 
Jesus Christ is presented before Pontius Pilate. And in Matthew, the 27th chapter, the 19th verse, the Bible says, when he had sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him saying, have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. All of these people, God is warning, they're not really aligned to the God of Israel. They don't have a relationship with him, but because they are coming to intervene divine purpose and the way of God, he comes through warning them. He warns them. So he goes through the wife of Pontius Pilate to warn them that do not touch this man. And indeed Pontius, I believe, was wiser in the mighty name of Jesus. But we also deeply see God instruct his own through dreams. And this is where you, which has a relationship with God, comes through. Of course, many a time I have seen many people in scripture that uh, God has instructed, given definitive instruction, and as well, some have gotten straight instructions and some have gotten indirect instructions and they need interpretation. Of course, when you read in scripture about men like Daniel and men like Joseph, you see them with the ability to interpret dreams. It's not just when you dream this, this is what it means. No, it's deeper than that. There's a spiritual connotation to that. And as children of God, we must understand that. But back to what I'm trying to share. I find that the man Joseph, the husband of Mary, for me was a very interesting man to study when I study him because I see God lead his way all through in the realm of dreams and this will interest you that that can work both for those which are prophetic and those which are not prophets although we see that one of the 12 dimensions of the prophetic one of them is the dreaming realm you know some prophets are dreamers they dream you know but this also works for the regular individual the normal human being that has not yet tapped or is not called in the office of the prophet. And not all prophets actually dream. Some are seers and just designers of the spirits, but they're not dreamers. There are 12 of them. Anyway, when we read about Joseph in Matthew, the first chapter, 20th verse, we see in his heart he's struggling to marry Mary. Why? Because she has become pregnant out of wedlock. Who is the father? He wanted to put her away, you know, privately because he was a godly man. Why? It was a taboo in a Jewish culture to get married to a girl who conceived outside wedlock. And so we see he wants to put her away. But while he sought, Matthew 1.20, on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It was not just a visitation of an angel. It was the visitation of an angel in a dream. And so the next day, we see him make a decision to go on with that relationship. In Matthew, the second chapter, the 19th verse, the Bible says, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he told him, you know what? Take the woman and the child back for the fellow who sought the life of this child is dead. All of that was in a dream. And in fact, earlier you see God also coming to him in a dream, telling him, you know what, flee. There is somebody who is seeking the life of the child. In the 22nd verse, the Bible says, when he had heard that Achelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. We see God speak to this man continuously through dreams. 
And the life of Christianity is like that. God will speak to you continuously through dreams. He will speak to you continuously through dreams. We have seen God anoint people through dreams. An example is Solomon in 1 Kings, the third chapter. God appears to him in a dream. And then he tells him, what do you want? He asks for a heart of wisdom. And the Bible says, and you know, God anoints him in a dream. And the scriptures tell us, and Solomon woke up and behold, it was a dream. He could have left it in that realm. But he had the faith in his spirit to receive, take, capture that thing and allow it to work in his own life. And as he dreamed, so it was in his destiny. So God can actually anoint a man through dreams. I have had experiences personal where God has elevated me in the spirit through dreams. Several times I've seen dreams or visions in the night or when I'm asleep and God tells me, you know, I've put this on you and it comes through a dream. The instruction to start Fanero came through a dream that came a couple of months before and an anointing, an experience of anointing me in a dream before I was commissioned by him to start Fanero. So it's not small that God speaks to us through dreams. He instructs and anoints us through dreams. But tonight, I want to talk about the realm where men dream for the world. The realm where men dream of things beyond their years, beyond the events of their personal lives, when men dream of things bigger than their own destiny and things that have repercussions that are bigger than their own physical location, their language, their color, their skin, their connections, their education, and the things that they're even able as individuals to articulate. When a man dreams for the world, I'm talking about, oh, I dreamt that God had given me a car. Lo and behold, thank God I got a car. I'm not talking about that kind of dream. That's a good one, but I'm not talking about that kind of dream. I'm talking about when God gives you a dream that will affect the world. And some dreams can affect the world 10 years. Some dreams can affect the world 20 years. Some dreams can affect the world for millenniums. Some dreams can affect the world for the rest of human existence. So it's possible for God to walk through a man to that magnitude. And that's what I want to share. In Genesis, the 15th chapter, the 12th verse. Now we're talking about a man called Abraham. We all know our father. The Bible says, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And lo and behold, great darkness befell him. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. Listen, God in a dream is telling the destiny of Israel to a man for the next 400 years. Abraham, through a dream, is seeing 400 years to come. And the Bible tells us, and also that the nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come thither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it shall come to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in the same day, the Bible says, the Lord made a covenant 
with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed I have given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river of the river of Ephrates. Now you see, God is not only speaking hundreds and hundreds of years to come through a man's dream, but he is even establishing a covenant with a man in the realm of dream. Wow. Wow. So Abraham did not dream only for his time. He dreamt for 400 years and more to come. He dreamt for generations that he would not even see in the flesh. He dreamt for men that might not even have the opportunity to even know that there was a man who saw that realm come before it came. He received a covenant for those that should live after. It is possible for a man to dream for generations. It's possible for God to seal instruction in a man's spirit through the realm of dreams for the benefit of generations to come, four, five, six, ten generations to come. It is possible a hundred years to come if Christ is not yet back, two hundred years to come if Christ is not yet back in a man's spirit, in a man's spirit. If we go to Genesis, the 28th chapter, the 12th verse, the Bible speaks of a man called Jacob. You know the story of the ladder or the staircase or stairway to heaven. The Bible says he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to the heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending and behold the Lord stood about it and said I am the Lord God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it unto thy seed and listen 14th verse and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed this is a man seeing families upon families being blessed through the realm of dreams and behold I'm with thee I'll keep thee all in the places whither thou goest and I'll bring thee again into this land for I'll not leave thee until I've done that which I've spoken of thee. And the Bible says, and Jacob awoke out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he called the place Bethel, meaning the house of God. God is speaking to a man concerning his children's children's children and the destiny concerning his children's children's children how he will deal with them, how he will relate with them, how he will love them, how he will preserve them. The provisions of the destinies to come are all revealed to this man in a dream. And why would this man then assume that God would give you such a vision without its responsibility? Do you think that God can show you a thousand years to come just to see? Do you think that God can reveal to you 200 years to come just to see? Do you think that God would show you 20 years to come just to see? No. He will show you those things because he expects that there is a participation. Your participation in this, either through intercession, either through the responsibility of positioning your seed to enter therein, because the Bible speaks of a wise man who leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. Not what we live for them, I always say but what we, by responsibility, live in them. And so there is a way he has to raise his children because of the vision God has given him concerning the generations to come. There's a way he has to deal. There's a way he has to undergird. There's a way he has to pray. There's a way he has to preserve. I'm talking about people 
who are supposed to go beyond themselves, the responsibility of things to come and some which are even bigger and longer than our human existence. Longer than our human existence. Some of the things we are doing now, not all are going to be seen and appreciated in this dispensation or in our time of existence. Some of the things we're ministering, some of these things will make sense 50, 100 years when we're long gone, 200 years when we're long gone, you know? And those who will read will come onto these things and say, oh, these people got this realm long ago and they'll connect to it as our children, as our sons and daughters. I want to provoke your spirit to go beyond the dream of owning a nice car, to go beyond the dream of owning a nice house, to go beyond the dream of owning a big property, to go beyond the dream of just getting married to a wonderful wife or a husband, to go just beyond that and dream for the world. Dream for the world. We even have men who did not have a relationship with God in scripture who dreamed for the world. Remember the story of Pharaoh in Genesis 41. When the Bible says he sees seven years of luck and seven years of plenty. And he has to bring Joseph through to become governor and take responsibility over that realm. You see that when famine hits, it did not only hit Egypt, it hit the whole world. And that is why we see the brothers of Joseph come to Egypt looking for food. The scriptures actually tell us that when Egypt sold that food, it was the richest nation in the time when the world lacked. Why? Because a particular individual received a dream and this man did not have a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But like I said, even if it takes God getting a Pharaoh to give him a dream, he will do it to save men. He'll do it to accomplish the bigger purpose. We've heard of the story in Daniel, the second chapter, about a king called Nebuchadnezzar. We see him dream about kingdoms and kingdoms to come. And he looks for an interpreter. He gets astrologers and magicians and all these Chaldeans and, you know, and he brings them together and he says, I want you to interpret this thing or I'll kill you. And none could interpret it. But he was not just dreaming for that week. Nebuchadnezzar was not dreaming for that month. He was dreaming for many years. He was dreaming for kingdoms to come. And he needed the voice of God to interpret this for him. So you see, God does not need to use a tongue-speaking believer to change the world. But we have definitely seen the world change through dreams. Maybe let's fast forward to present reality, modern history. Did you know that Albert Einstein received the theory of relativity through a dream? E equal mc squared. He understood the realms of space and time through dreams. And they did not come as straight as he gave him, interestingly, if you look for his story. They came through normal human dreams. But it's through that that he received the power to translate that to the theory of relativity. It has taken humanity to about a hundred years to fully understand E equal mc squared. But with that, you can build atomic bombs. With that, things can change. Human histories have been defined through the theory of relativity. And he got it through a dream. There's a gentleman called Watson. He's famous for defining the structure of DNA. And John Watson says, 
he received that structure of the DNA in a dream. It was a spiral staircase. And sort of he got the understanding of how human DNA is defined and evolves in its structure. And Watson received that through a dream. And what has the interpretation of DNA structure done in human health and medicine? All because a man received that. We've read of individuals like Dmitry Mendeleev, the guy who's responsible for the periodic table, the chemistry periodic table. And Dimitri said he dreamt everything in a dream and he just woke up in the morning and started writing down these compounds in what now we study as the periodic table. What an interesting thing. Frederick August, I don't know that you've heard of that individual. He discovered the chemical structure of benzene. He was trying to search out how benzene works and in a dream, he understood the chemical structure of benzene in a dream. And the world adopted it. And men are living and working with it. We cannot tell whether these men had a relationship with God. But it has gone down in history that all these famous inventions came through men in their sleep. René Descartes, that famous philosopher, he dreamt the whole methodology of the scientific. He went to sleep and the next day he understood how scientific methodology works through a dream and he gave that to the world and the world has used it the world has benefited from it theories have been written out of this man's one dream and many like things I read of a man called Elias Hoy the guy who invented the sewing machine he dreamt it he dreamt how a sewing machine works and clothes have been made over the years because a certain man went to sleep and came back with a certain idea God can put something in you that can define history like we know it when you go to sleep. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. And so when I read that, I think, where is the born again believer who speaks in tongues, who goes on mountains? for days and years separating themselves because they're seeking God for a job. Maybe God doesn't want to give you a job. Maybe God wants to give you a theory. Maybe God does not want to get you a contract in that company. Maybe he wants to make you a solution to the world. Are you ready to believe God that you can dream for the world? Maybe God wants to give an innovation in your spirit through dream. We have heard of men who have dreamt songs and they wrote them the next day and they became a hit and a success. I've read of people who have dreamt movies. They've made movies out of dreams. They've made series that have sold hundreds and hundreds of millions because they dreamed them. And then they woke up in the morning and got pen and paper and started creating. The realm of dream can give too much. It can give too much. There are people who are fasting and praying for the wrong thing because their vision is not aligned and ready to believe God for something bigger. What if the next move of the spirit in the world would come to you in a dream? What if the next greatest anointing to heal the world would come through by a dream? What if the next financial breakthrough for humanity would come to a man through a dream? What if the next breakthrough in science you know, they're saying, oh, there are certain diseases that are not 
curable. In African culture, we know stories in our folklore of our grandfathers and mothers dreaming certain medicines. We know it, for those of you that have been raised in Africa. Somebody go to sleep and they've had a stomachache for six months and then they dream and you know someone is leading them to a particular plant and then they go to that plant the next day and then they boil it and then they drink it and then they discover that this heals stomachache. That is how medicines were built in African culture, through dreams. Oh, you know, cancer is incurable. What if the next cancer cure is in somebody's spirit and God is just waiting to open up that realm of dream and give that man or that woman the answer, the antidote, the healing, the cure of cancer? It is possible. The question is, are you ready to believe God? The question is, are you ready to connect to what God wants to do? He says, in the last days I shall pour out my spirit. And he says of how the young men shall see visions and how old men shall dream dreams. But what are these dreams? Are they just dreams of I dreamt when Isaac had a headache and is healed? No, God wants us to go beyond that. The world is moving faster than the church. The Bible says that the sons of this world have become wiser in their own generation, in their own genes. Their genes have adopted and mutated to the times faster than the children of the light are adopting to the times of the spirit. And in some spaces of the world, the church is far behind and needs to catch up. Christians are not supposed to be poor. Christians are not supposed to be beggarly. Christians are not supposed to be survivors in this world. No, Christians are supposed to be the head and not the tail. How do we become the head and not the tail if we are not the leader in innovation? How can we become the head and not the tail if we're not leading in invention? How can we be the heads and not the tail if we're not leading in technology? How can we be the head and not the tail if we're not leading in medicine and science? In artificial intelligence, the robotics, the internet of things and all these things that are coming up in the world. And when they're mentioning names, they're mentioning names who don't have a relationship with God. It's time for the church to connect to the realm where the Christian can pick something and out of that as it does it, he says, but you know what? It was in a vision of the night and the angel of the Lord appeared to me. What manner of gospel will we be able to preach when these things are coming out of our inside and we are pointing to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just think about it, ponder about it for a moment. Because somebody needs to dream. All I heard from the Holy Ghost was that I want to make somebody dream. I want to make somebody dream. Like I said earlier, it was in a dream of the night. Even before Fenero began, I remember when I'd finished my university and I thought, God, what is my next step? And in a vision of a night, he carried me through and he showed me the universities. And I started walking through them in a vision. And I started to see myself speaking in these universities. And as I was speaking in these universities, I started to see all manner of plants come up as I was speaking. All manner of plants come up. And as they reached about two feet from the ground, all manner of plants, Two feet from the ground, each one of them started to bear very big fruit. Very big fruit. Apples, jackfruit, mangoes, pineapples, and everything. And they were just all this short. And I said to see many, many, many fruits in these universities. And when I woke up, I had the instruction, invest in universities. 
And during that time, we started going to universities, preaching to broke students. And I remember inviting some of our men of God to come and preach. And I said, uh-uh, we cannot come to universities because students are broke. They don't have money. And almost my five, six years of working in the bank, I gave all my money funding university projects and programs for the gospel because I had received an instruction to invest my time there. My course was clearly defined by God in a dream. And in 2013, I had another dream. And God anointed me in that dream. And then he opened sort of a scroll to us with certain individuals. In that dream, I could see certain individuals. And he told us of the coming move of the Spirit and how he was going to release the next realm of power in the world. And we were available. And I remember he pours an anointing on us and he sends us. A couple of months later, he tells me it's now time to begin. And then in 2014, that August date of the 7th, and he told me begin that particular month on that particular day and I will be with you through this. And that first meeting sat more than 1,200 people. And it has grown to tens of thousands of people in just six years. Why? Because I responded to a particular dream. There are many things I saw in that dream that I might not be able to articulate now because as I open my eyes to see and recount of what I saw, I see that we are just at the beginning of many great days ahead of us. And everything that I saw in that dream has come to pass as I saw it. But again, this is just the beginning. God showed me the milestones of my destiny and my ministry through dreams. I've connected and understood who to relate with and who not to relate with because he speaks to me. I have dreamt of opportunities and they happen the next day. I've dreamt of meeting individuals and they happen the next week. I've dreamt of events many times and they've played out before my eyes. And the next day, I'm walking through an event and doing something as though I had seen it the night before or the weeks before. And it plays out exactly the way I dreamed it. He has warned me about individuals in my dreams. He has warned me about things that are impending and he has instructed me, pray this way, pray this way. Because this is the way he speaks to me. Yes, I've seen open visions, but I've seen things in a dream. And because of that, I can see how my Savior has led me, how his Spirit has carried me, how every detail and print of the Spirit has played out the way I've seen it, only because that realm of dream is open in my spirit. I easily see and I pick out these details easily. Sometimes I've dreamt of individuals who are sick and I've called them in the morning and I said, I dreamt last night and this was happening and it was so. Sometimes I've dreamt of individuals that were in trouble, they were going to get accidents and I called them the next time and I said, I heard the Lord tell me you're troubling tomorrow but there's an accident coming through and they cancel their trips all because God is speaking. I have those debts. I've written some of them in their months and their years in which they happen, some of which I intend concerning my ministry to share in my late years as I am almost finishing up. Some of which or many I'm not at liberty to share because God has instructed me that they're not for this time to share. But I can truly tell you that something was revealed to me one day and it changed the way I saw the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I saw it. 
I've seen certain anointings fall on my life through dreams. And what is now affecting the world? What is now blessing you came through dreams. It's a collection of these things that God has been instructing over the years. I don't know how serious you've taken yours. So the Lord spoke to me and said, I want to cause men in this time to dream for the world. Because you see, when COVID took place and a lot changed in the world, not many people designed that we were at the end of a certain cycle prophetically and the church was entering another cycle prophetically. And I bleed for many men of God who don't see this. And it's not just going to be, oh, you know, we've now reopened the churches and now go back and worship God. Even though they do, certain things are shaping up and changing in the spirit realm. As we are speaking, a lot is happening in the spirit realm. In fact, lately, I find that I'm praying all the time because I see the responsibility that is coming after this. The post-COVID church. I see that one prophetic clock has closed and now the next move of the spirit is just on the door. And Africa, prepare yourselves. I cannot speak this for everyone and I'm not saying that God is not going to do things in America or Europe. No, but I can also speak for our own people that something is opening up and it's coming with very great responsibility. Their dreams have been receiving lately and I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. God is up to something so big, so big. But now go beyond the dream of your next job and the dream of your husband and the dream of your children, which are all okay. Dream for the world. God is calling us to go back to our closets to pray and seek his face until our spirits are ready to connect to the next move. And these things, God has told me, that they're going to come through dreams. Not all are going to receive instruction through dreams, but the realm of the dream is open now more than it has ever been before. More than it has ever been before. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me that I'm releasing mantles that are going to affect destinies, generations, kingdoms, and empires. And they're going to come through individuals. I'm releasing ideas that are going to affect the next 200 years, the next 300 years, and they'll begin with dreams. I'm releasing concepts in the hearts of men that are going to affect the next 20 or 30 years, the next 60 or 70 years, all in the realm of dreams. And I'm not saying God will not speak otherwise, but I'm saying this window has opened. This window has opened. And let the world see us change it. Let the world see us define it. Let the world see us instruct it. Let the world see us give it direction in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because a man and a woman is ready for the next move. I want to pray with somebody right now. I cannot speak for everybody, but I feel that we need to dream for something bigger than ourselves. We need to dream for something bigger than Africa, bigger than Europe, bigger than America. We need to dream for the world. God wants to plant a seed in your spirit. And I feel it by the apostolic grace of my life that right now the power of God is moving in somebody's house. It is touching somebody in your car. It is touching you in your office right now. 
God is aligning you for a dream that is going to change the world. You are going to change the world. Raise your voice and start to pray. Raise your voice and start to pray. You take me, Robo Shatalabo Brosalaba. You mold me. You use me. You feed me. Jare Broko Talabo Yaraba. Cause I gave my life to the potter's head. You call, you guide me, pray, you lead me, beside me, you May God give you a dream. Shaba katala prota, zalatala prokoteleba, liperebo zilepayaka. Call it out of your spirit. Zile prokotelepa. Connect to the need of heaven. Matabaka shatala prozalebo, zile prozeke tele prozalapa, zala prozeke telepa, zile prozalamandereboza, zabra katala paye, zapo zilepa, matabakoside. You were not called to be a normal man. You were not called to be a normal woman. You were not called to be predictable. You were not called to die normal. Zaba katala proseleba, zaba katala prosa, zobri sala payapa, karamandoro bosele poyereba, zile prosele mondere bosta, asata katala pa, makabra katala pa, zala prosele boye, asanda la makabrasa, lele basala proko, satele prosele pa, ekere prosele pa, zale prosele paya, zala proko tele pa. Rima tala bayara, zole prozolo pa, zeli kapakata, zandele prozele pa, rika tala boya, zile ke prozele pa, zile prozele pa, zile mozile popa, katala mayalaba, obrozi katalamba, zemandole bosa, shatale pra, kotile pa, nyele prozele pa, riba zaka, if you're a doctor, may you dream a cure. If you're an engineer, may you dream an inventive idea on engineering. If you're a teacher, may you dream another way 
of teaching if you're a minister may you see the next realm of ministry and position yourself in the mighty name of jesus if you're a worshiper may you catch the highest level of worship for the hour in the mighty name of jesus if you are an architect, may you catch the next level of architecture in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you are a lawyer, may you understand the next level of the legal doctrine in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Masa proseleke, zale proselepa, kaprotele poyelepa, rakatole mayazalapa, zile prokotile maya. If you create with your hands, may you get the next idea of creating. May you get the next idea of the arts. May God give you a dream of the next need for the world. If you are an IT person, may God give you a dream of a particular code, of a particular setting, of a particular system. May God give you a language. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Receive it as it is yours. Receive it as it is yours. And we don't limit God to dream. You could even sit there and see. Whichever it takes. May God make you relevant. In your time. In Jesus mighty name. We have prayed and believed and all saints said. We receive it God. We receive it. If you have never given your life to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity. To receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just repeat these words after me. And say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for me and was raised for my glory. You say tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.